comes. Here. And watch out! He's gone! Wow! Point, because there's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good weight. A two footer. Oh my goodness. All the way. Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, episode 43, Joaquin It In. The podcast. <laughs> the one week we don't bet on Joaquin Neiman, or at least I don't. We know how, how big of a fan of Sam Burns and Max Homa Jeff is. And Cam Smith. And Cam Smith. I am probably an even bigger Joaquin Neiman fan. And you I don't are bet on him this found week. him so early. Like you were one of the first yeah. people I ever heard talking about Joaquin Neiman before he was even a name contending his, in big tournaments. Yeah. His first master's appearance as an amateur. I was, you were I was all this. over it. I'm so sad for you. I know. So didn't bet on Joaquin Neiman. He goes wire to wire to win the Genesis in really Commanding impressive fashion. fashion. Yep. Back to back 63s to open up the tournament Thursday, Friday, stacked leaderboard but you know Joaquin Neiman other than maybe a little bit uh shake uh shaky start on Sunday right uh really really nothing to worry about um I, great tournament I though I know you didn't watch a ton yeah I was in Mexico I'm kind of glad I didn't uh not a single bet of mine was trending well from from the very jump um I nuked uh Taylor Gooch into oblivion. Uh, he was my one and done pick. So thank you, Taylor Gooch for going absolutely <laughs> nuclear on Thursday, but then also and nuclear, nuclear on, on Twitter. Twitter uh, oh yeah. Too. So amazing. So in Mexico for a wedding, um, San Miguel de Ende, uh, beautiful wedding, cool spot. Uh, but I did have cell service. So I was, you know, doing some refreshing and I did watch as my golfer in one and done plummeted down the leader leaderboard. There wasn't much else to be happy with, but I am happy for Joaquin Neiman. I'm also happy for Cameron Young, who was, sure, Morikawa tracked him down and they ended up T2 at the end of the weekend. But that's a good showing for a young gun who came off the Corn Ferry Tour and can absolutely launch it. Yeah, he, he goes mashed potatoes. Dude just sends it into the stratosphere and his movement this was kind of going through on the, the Twitter sphere because that was the only way I could keep track of things. It's got like a, a Hideki kind of like pause and then rip and that yep. ball moves. hundred uh, percent. He uh, I think he shot a 62 on Friday and then right. yep. he kind of, you know, if 6970 is limping to the finish, I guess he did. And then Morikawa, like you said, fires off a 65 on Sunday for, I think, uh, the low round uh, of the day by yep. by a while, him and Rom, I think. Yep, um, him and on Rahm, Sunday. Right. Yep. But uh, yeah, stacked leaderboard. You had um, Adam Scott played really well. Hovland was up there. J, uh, JT, Scheffler, Rory, Homa, Xander. The, I mean, everybody uh, who's was up who? there. It was a great but tournament. That's, and that's what you expect out of this. I mean, Neiman going 19 under at the Riv is something that needs to be talked about more. I mean, he won, right. But it, it was that impressive of a showing on a course that makes some guys look absolutely silly and it didn't yeah. matter. He, every single drive and approach shot was on point. Yeah. He had a couple blemishes, but never enough when you've done that well for that many holes to put it in serious doubt. Um, nobody could put together four rounds the way he put together four rounds and going even on Sunday and still winning when you've got some of the biggest names in golf charging you puts into perspective how good his Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were. Yeah. Just 
overall really happy for him. It wasn't his first win on tour, but uh, it's, it's not going to be his last win. either. <laughs> that's a state. That's a statement win. I think that's the yeah. Max Homa winning that last year. It was like, oh, Homa's turned a corner in his career. Joaquin mm-hmm. Neiman's younger than Homa, but this is a similar instance where it's like, oh, okay, you just took it to the big boys and you didn't fold as Morikawa and JT. Well, JT didn't really do much on Sunday, but as other guys charged. Is this is it premature to ask if Joaquin Neiman should be in the same uh, held to the same regard as all the other young superstars, mm. Morikawa and company? Yes, it is because Morikawa's won a major, um, and I think, and I don't just mean him, but like even like you know Hovland, uh, you know uh, Wolf and Hovland. You know, it's a perfect example. All those guys, yeah. like you know, Morikawa is a different breed. Obviously, that uh, maybe I shouldn't have let off with him. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but I mean, Sung J.M., for example, like everybody talks about how amazing he is at, at such a young age. Yep. Um, I think he's what the same age as Neiman, 23. Right. So, yeah, they I think they should be equals as far as the conversation goes. Yeah, I would put him in the same conversation. I would Zalatoris for another guys that were in this field. Scheffler. I mean, again, they, Scheffler wins a big tournament at Waste Management. Here comes Neiman on the heels of that. Another big win. Um, I would agree with you that I think Neiman is in that collection of like tier two golfers. And I do not mean that as a slight, like when I say tier one, I'm talking tier one is your Dustin Johnson's it's your um, Colin Morikawa's it's your JT's it's the guys. John Rom. John Rom. Thank you. Of course, John Rom, the number one golfer in the world. So yeah, really cool for him. Really sad for us, mostly for you because you should have you should have cashed that seventy to one ticket, and I'm sorry that you didn't. I know. Well, what are you gonna do? It was a. Uh, I'm happy for him. I I hope one day we get we get him on the pod. Like you know, we've talked it about be, now for yeah, a year and a half. He would be he and it, it's hard for me because I think in the beginning the idea was wow we, you know Kevin Nas got to be the first guy and now when I watch Kevin Nas I'm like I you do the walk it in thing but I don't know if I want you on the pod the same way I want someone like Neiman, Cam Smith or Max Homa. Those would be the guys that I put on the A-list tier one uh, pod podcast guests. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the Genesis this week, there was the news. Uh, the Saudi golf league was everywhere in the news. Every single player got asked about it. Yeah. Some were very much like John Rom, Like I'm, I'm not doing it. This is the tour I want to play on others. Uh, like Adam Scott basically said, I'm joining without saying I'm joining. And then the Phil Mickelson piece just like literally he, he threw up on himself as did anyone else who was looking to leave. Bryson DeChambeau has to tuck his tail between or his, his yeah tail between his legs and almost backtrack on what was a foregone conclusion that he was going to leave to go play in this other league. What a, what debauchery. I mean, flat yeah. out debauchery for a number of reasons. So we could talk about Phil, obviously, at length. And I think Phil has now screwed it up for a lot of people. Right. But do you think now, is it worth asking, does the Saudi League happen at all now? Hard to imagine that it doesn't still try because there's so much money over there. And maybe this is like a kind of regroup and try again in six to eight months when this circus has passed, but it certainly feels like they kind of have to take a step back. And if I'm Phil Nicholson, you call those guys scary mother ever in the interview. I wouldn't think that that's the kind of people you would want to piss off when that amount of money is on the line. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I just don't think 
now if if Bryson is out and Phil is out, I mean, who knows if Phil is out, but really, who cares? It's hysterical. But like, who are you going to, like, who's going to lead the charge now? You need a name. Adam Scott? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're Adam Scott, Paul Casey, some guys who are rumored are not the guys. You're not looking for a European tour. Like you're right. you're not. You need guys that are going to carry some American market, and, and you're like, not looking for like a Champions Tour bridge, it, right? You don't want these guys who are on the tail end of their career. You wanted a Bryson, a Matt Wolf, a DJ who carry the recognition, and those guys are have come out and publicly said, minus Matt Wolf, who's publicly hasn't said anything but was linked to it. Uh, they're not going at this stage. Yeah, I don't think that that's happening. At least maybe end of summer as the season winds down, we'll hear new rumblings about it, but certainly feels like they're in a position right now that they, they simply can't uh, given what came out. So I'm interested to see what more comes from Phil. Like, does he lose Callaway? Does he lose other sponsors? He just lost KPMG. Yeah. Do, do people, I mean, that was the first domino, right? Right, Are there more now? And and ultimately what is he remembered for? You know, is it going to be it's a great point. this or is he going to be Phil Mickelson? You know, the question like, is how much do people pay attention to that? I, I think there's a detail within this whole thing that we we follow very closely. But if you're not plugged into like the golf media, this is Phil remains Phil. Yeah, this isn't like. I don't know. You know, I know my dad listens to this podcast. I think we have a few people that listen to it that maybe maybe they know of this, but maybe not to the degree of which kind of Phil put his foot in his mouth and mess this whole thing up about talking about the, about the whole, the whole thing, which we don't have to get into detail of, but I, I would like to think I personally would like Phil and this whole thing about, you know, the PGA being crooks and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, you were going to go take this money I mean, and they've done so far ironic. worse. It's pathetic. Right. So for right. that reason, he claimed I hope he's he, claimed he won this. the PIP last year right. on, on, on the PGA tour for how yep. much $20 million or whatever the hell it was. Now he claims, you know, PGA tours, they're ob- ob- obnoxious greed. And the whole thing boils down to Phil's greed. Exactly. And so, you, you said it. that's the irony of it all. So my hope is that Phil is remembered more for this, which is a bummer, but true colors are showing. I think there's been some rumblings that this is what many guys on the tour have always known Phil to be, but he's got this very likable personality that is portrayed through the media and through many of his wins, like the PGA last year. So I don't know, man, uh, a bit of a weird twist, but I imagine we're not done turning with this whole thing. So um, we are, though, moving past and on to the Florida swing. Uh, the West Coast swing is behind us, and then we're now on the East Coast. Early tea times um, abound. No more waiting till 10 a.m. for the to put the first peg in the ground. We're playing PJ National this week, Honda Classic. Really tough track, like really tough track. And a really crappy field. Awful field. It's almost <laughs> like the guys, because last year or last week's field was so stacked. Many guys are probably like, I don't want to get beat up twice. Well, like, I don't need the you know, riv. But between the rigors of Phoenix, but you know, I, I, not yeah. the rigors of, but the you know the the pomp and circumstance Atmosphere, around yeah, Phoenix, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and then obviously uh, Riviera, and then having to come all the way across the country and play another really hard course. Like to your point, except I just, that so many of them live locally, like basically thirty yeah. minute radius of this course. So, but. Maybe they're taking another week vacation in California. As they right? should. I mean, because the season they're never not going to come back for a while. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. You're right. The season never ends and they do need a, an opportunity to recharge the batteries. It just, 
it stinks that a course that is such a challenge will be a relatively mediocre, uh, not even relatively, a media, flat out mediocre field. The um, marquee, one of the marquee groups this week, and you know, we, we both love Ricky Fowler. Yeah. But one of the marquee groups this week is Keith Mitchell, Ricky Fowler, and Matt Wolf. Two of those guys are outside the top 80 in the world. Yeah, it puts it into perspective. Even if they do have name recognition, it's not the kind of golf you want to see on the featured group, especially coming off last week when it's the who's who of golf, the right. royalty of, of the PGA Tour. Yep. Um, yeah, so PGA National, a couple of things that stand about this course. Um, it's got the bear trap, so famous. I believe it's 15, 16, 17, um, and it's still a, a very difficult finishing hole on 18, but puts the golfers into a, a bit of a box coming down the stretch, makes for some fireworks. No, no lead is safe here. Finishing score is usually somewhere in the neighborhood of 10, 11, 12 to par. Um, so you're going to take your lumps. It just depends on how you respond how you bounce back from those. You're going to put the ball in the water. I think there's water on 15 of 18 holes or something like that this week. So the guys have it cut out for them. Um, this is one of the courses, par, par 70. Um, so you got to take your chances when you get them. You got to pour in a couple putts and you're going to have a few 10 footers or more for par. And if you can make those hang around, you're going to be in the mix come Saturday or come Sunday. Yep. Um, beyond this week, no John Rahm in the field. So we have a new number one at the top of the odds board. And nobody within, no, nobody uh, under 10 to 1. That's right. We got a 10 to 1 number on Sung JM, former champion here. Of course, he seems to like this. He's coming off of a T8 defense last year here at PJ National. Let's kick this off by going down the odds boards. Is this a week? I ask you every time. I always ask you about John Rahm, though, but I'm going to ask you this time. Is this a week where we finally want to take the favorite in a golf tournament? Uh, I don't know about you, but I do. So I'll kick it off if you don't mind. Kick it, uh, yeah. I, I actually really do like Sungjae this week. Um, as you mentioned, he's 10 to 1. Um, he is, in my opinion, other than maybe uh, Daniel Berger and, and Billy Horschel, um, you know, obviously Joaquin Neiman maybe coming a, a, a little sleepy. Uh, yep. hangover uh, off the win, but you know, Sungjae is probably uh, the best, um, if not top three best golfer in this field. So uh, that with a, a win two years ago, another top 10 last year, uh, I actually really like him. Uh, he's in good form. Uh, as you, uh, as you mentioned, uh, T33 at the Genesis, which is fine. Uh, T6 at the farmers before that. And a T11 at the Amex uh, the week before that. So, uh, he's playing really well. He obviously likes the course. He is uh, uh, seventh on tour this year. Strokes gained tee to green. Um, yeah, this is this is a week that I, I take a shot at the favorite at ten to one. So uh, half a unit on the win, and then I'm also going to take a top ten plus one forty for a full unit. Yeah, I joked with you last week. I think off the pod after we had finished recording about expecting. Victor Hovland to play really well at the Genesis because I took him the week before and well, he can't chip the ball bad, you know, bad statistical matchup here for Hovland. He goes out, I think finishes T3 or, or T4 um, or yeah, T4 because uh, he was just behind Morikawa and Cameron Young. Last week I took Sungjae and he made the cut, but he didn't play exceptionally well at a tough tournament. My point is this is a perfect opportunity to bounce back from the Jeff curse 
for Sung Jay. <laughs> so you're playing your odds here very well from a statistical perspective and from a voodoo perspective. Yeah, I imagine he'll be a pretty popular pick amongst the people, one and done picks, uh, you know, uh, win bets, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, at, at 10 to 1, his pedigree, the way he's playing, the way he likes the course, you know, I think why not? It's a lot better than taking like Rom at 6 to 1. Last week, he was number one as of last week. I didn't check this week, but going into last week's tournament, he was number one on the PGA Tour in scrambling, and that will be required here. There's just, there's no no buts about it. He's going to be in a position where he's going to have to get up and down, and Sung Jae has shown time and time again that, that he can do it. Yep. Uh, you mentioned among that top, kind of top field, Tommy Fleetwood, 14 to one. How are we? Um, that number came out of left field. For me personally, I'm not touching Tommy Fleetwood this week, but Oof, I, I can't remember seeing number that short on Tommy Fleetwood in a while. Never won in the States, might never win in the States, and I'm certainly not touching a number that low on him. Guy's got a three and a four here and two showings. Uh, didn't play last year, also skipped in 2019, but in 18 and 20, he showed he might like it here. I personally have no interest in a 14 to one number on no. him. I do think, you know, so he's not, I don't think he, he's worth a win bet. If you, you know, are, are in the mood to, to pay a little juice on a top 20 or even, you know, I think he's plus 170 uh, to finish top 10, maybe worth it. But uh, I'm staying away from Fleetwood altogether. I think I didn't say the podcast at the top of the podcast we're talking about last week, but I did the thing I sometimes do with DraftKings, right? I enter a lineup, Daily Fantasy, and I went against every single one of my picks that I made on the podcast. Worked out okay for me last week, won some money. Fleetwood might be a DraftKings play more than he is an outright win play. To your point, maybe a top 10 or top 20. In that same window, Berger, Oosthuizen, 16 to 1 using DraftKings odds. Neiman, Horschel, 18 to 1. That's your kind of top six. Uh, there are two guys in this area that I really like, and I'm going to kick off my first bet. With Daniel Berger, I'm going to take the 16 to one to win for a unit. I don't have anything else on Berger this week, but I am putting a full unit behind the win bet. The back situation is the only piece that worries me. He came out and said that if he was playing a major, when he withdrew from Pebble Beach, he would have stayed, um, but just wanted to take care of himself, get himself in a position to play well in this Florida swing. He's and this is a bit of a home game for Berger. He's one of the best in the field. To your point about Sung Jay. In, dist, uh, in uh, approach, he's, I think, leading amongst all players in this particular field in approach. And he is. Ball striking number, um, best in the field on the data golf numbers in the last 30 rounds. He hasn't putted very well. His around the green game hasn't been great. But I'm going to take this as let's get the best approach player who gets a nice week putting. Uh, and I think Berger can contend this week. So I'm going to take him at 16 to 1. He's had a couple finishes here that have been solid. 2015 finished second, 2020 T4, um, only missed the cut twice. And when he has made the cut, he's found himself in contention. So I'm going to take a bet on the back being okay. Daniel Berger, 16 to one. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mentioned him uh, among Sung Jay with, you know, probably being uh, top two or three best players in the field. Um, I'm not on, on Berger. But I think you and I might share a little piece of the next guy. Um, that's Billy Horschel. So yep. I don't have a win bet on Billy Horschel. I do love him to top 20. Um, he's in uh, really good form. Uh, T6 in Phoenix, T11 at the Farmers before that. And he's got uh, a slew of top 25s and top 10s mixed in this 
uh, 21-22 season. He is, you mentioned um, putting with, uh, with Berger. Horschel's the second best putter on tour this year. He's 13th, strokes gained around the, the green. And he's also one of the most accurate players on tour this year. 29th in dri- uh, driving accuracy, 18th in GIR percentage. Um, I really like Billy Horschel. Uh, to uh, to at least top 20. It's minus 110. I'll put a, a 1.1 units to win a unit there. Yeah, I, one of the reasons I like Horschel, and, and you alluded to it, I'm, I'm on the same bet. I've got the top 20, but I've also got a win bet on Horschel for a unit. So I'm what you might call overexposed to Billy Ho this week. But at 18 to 1, this is one of the best guys in the field in terms of total driving. That number takes into consideration distance ranking, and accuracy ranking off the tee. You're going to have to have that this week. you got to avoid the trouble off the tee. And I think you you really hit the nail on the head. The guy's playing well. This feels like a course um, and maybe even a field where he can excel in. Um, and I think his number reflects that. And I'm not scared of taking Billy Horschel at 18 to 1 the way I might be scared of taking Tommy Fleetwood. Horschel won back in September. Yeah, it was the European tour. But this guy has competed well. He's been in a couple of tournaments that you mentioned the Phoenix open and then the farmers. So I'm right there with you. I think Billy Ho is going to be a very popular play this week. He's, very popular. He, he's on the cusp of top 20 in the world. And yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's playing really well. He's 35 years old. He's playing some of the best golf of his career. And, you know, in, in this field, he, he can win this type of event for sure. It bothers me to like actively root for him. Like, you know, he's, he went to Florida and he's just, I can't stand how he putts. I don't understand how someone can walk up to a putt. The way the he way steps he, into it. Yeah. Oh my God. And and putt well. He's not a bad putter. It's just, it's almost mind-boggling that that is a successful strategy uh, with the flat stick. But um, I, I wouldn't say I get excited to root for Billy Horschel, but when you find a Billy Horschel angle, I think you got to take it because he is a competitor. And in this field, he is one of the better players that is going to be teeing it up this weekend. And I, his odds reflect that. And I, and I think you're, you're trying to get too cute if, if you talk yourself out of Billy Horschel, considering the fact that he is playing really good golf, ranks statistically well in all the categories that matter, or at least that you would think matter going into this week. So I, I look forward to nuking Billy Horschel down <laughs> and missing the cut, but you know, whatever, you know, two units, you're going to have some fun with it. Let's see what happens. Was that the announcement one and done? No, it is actually not the one and done pick this week. He, he was in consideration um, going a different direction. Uh, but I've got a unit on the 18 to one and I've got a unit on the top 20 at minus 110. So I'm right there with you on the top 20. I think his uh, his floor is pretty high this week. Yeah. You and I have some guys uh, a little bit further down uh, the odds board if you want to take the next one. Yeah, I think this this gets a gets us into a bit of different territory here. Brooks Kepka and Shane Lowry, only guys in the 20s. I'm not touching either. Um, Brooks is a weird one, man. I feel like I've just. I'm nixing him this week because I just don't take the Brooks Kepka when he doesn't care to play model. That's just simply what this is. There's yeah. no other reason not to take Brooks Kepka in a field like this. You just wonder whether he cares. I think it gets really interesting in the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. Uh, maybe even the 60s. We can talk about that in a second. You just alluded to it. I am going to take a guy in the 30s, and I'm taking Killer Keith Mitchell. Uh, the guy is playing kind of like we just said to Billy Ho, like, Truly, from a statistical perspective, the best golf of his career. Um, he's played well here. He's won here in 2019 when he was not as good of a golfer as he is now, at least the trend line that he's on. He's coming off three out of four T12 or better finishes. I take that back. Four out of five the last tournaments, 
T12 or better. Um, this is kind of looking like a great matchup for Killer Keith, except for the fact that he might not drive the ball very accurately. So I'm taking this as a total risk play. Like if, if he misses the cut because he's putting the ball in the water off the tee, so be it. I, I accept that fate. But if he is driving the ball accurately and he has flip wedges into greens, Keith Mitchell is going to compete this week. And at 35 to one, I think that's a steal. Um, I've only got one play on it. And that's the win bet for a half unit at 35 to one. I am, I'm excited to see if Keith Mitchell can take his success from the past here and apply it when he's playing some of his best golf. The, uh, the only thing that would give me pause on Keith Mitchell, other than a lot of people seemingly on him this week yep. is his history at this tournament, other than the win is not good. Yep. Uh, two cuts. And I think, a. Uh, that's he 53 last year. So uh, not the best tournament experience or tournament history rather other than the win. Now, granted he won, so he can do it. We know he's capable of it, but uh, like you said, if he's not driving the ball, well, then he's going to have a bad week. If he is, he can contend. Do you think this is a week where the, the difficulty of the course and the field that is not as high quality lends itself to some really interesting volatility? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I that, and it's, that's my point about, I guess, with Keith Mitchell. It's like, you're exactly right. His game has not been consistent here, but he has won here. And I think this is a course where even with history, the volatility, the difficulty lends itself to more volatility. You could take a top guy. He goes double bogey, double bogey in the bear trap and goodbye cut. You know, you, you just, you never know it. And those holes are lurking for every golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, my next play. I'm going to do a, a win bet in the top 20, the patented uh, double dip here. Mito Pereira. So Joaquin, Popular Neiman's, Chilean. Joaquin Neiman's really good friend, Mito Pereira. He's 40 to one this week. Really like um, how he's playing. Uh, finished T15 uh, last week. Uh, I'm going to put a, a half unit on the win at 40 to one and a full unit on the top 20 at plus 170. Uh, four out of his last six events, uh, top 30. He did miss the cut at uh, Pebble Beach in Phoenix. But other than that, he's playing really well. He putts better on Bermuda. He is uh, 14th on tour in strokes gained approach and 32nd strokes gained tee to green. So um, if if he's clicking, if he can find uh, the the short stuff off the tee, he is 120th on tour in driving accuracy, has been better of late, though. Uh, if he could find the short stuff off the tee, I think Mito Pereira can do really well this week. So uh, a win bet at 40 to 1, uh, just a little nibble, half a unit, and then top 20 plus 170, I really like for a full unit. Yeah, Mito is another guy. I feel like I'm a little scared uh, after hearing our card so far. I feel like we are on the um, very popular public place and is, for good reason is, is mito public i, I, I honestly I, I haven't seen a ton of people on him he he's getting a little bit of love i think there's uh i think maybe it's the chilean bump i, I don't know you know his, yeah. his pal as you mentioned gets the win maybe people are feeling good about the the chili tandem um I, i'm not on him but i but i agree with all the reasons that you stated for why he's a, an interesting play especially for a guy and your top 20 would signify this, who might have a pretty high floor in this field. Um, not personally against it, just, you know, we got some guys who I think have the, the name recognition in this field, which doesn't surprise me because this field, as you said at the top, is uh, weak, to put it nicely. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, keep going. 
yeah, my uh, so I was going to say my my next play um, is just going to be a little bit further down the, the odds board. Um, Christian Bezadenhut, uh, he's uh, 50 to one. I'm not going to take a win bet, but I am going to uh, get what I think is pretty good value on a top 20 at plus 190, almost two to one on a, a top 20. He missed the cut at Genesis, but before that playing pretty decent T14 at Pebble. Uh, he had a T17 at Sony um, in, in January. Um, he's playing, playing decent. He's 51st in driving accuracy this year, uh, 34th in strokes gained approach. Um, you know, I, I think without, without any tournament history here, it's kind of a crapshoot, but he's got the game uh, to, to do well here. And at, at two to one um, for a top 20, almost two to one, uh, I'll take a shot there. So uh, half a unit on, uh, on the Zayden Hoot top 20. Love it. In that same window, in those 50s, as you mentioned, the Zayden Hoot coming in at 50 to one, a couple guys caught my eye defending champion, Matt Jones is at 50 to one. Aaron Wise, a fall swing darling who struggled a little bit lately, also 50 to one. Not taking either guy. I'm going a little bit lower down the board. I'm taking Ryan Palmer this week. I've got two bets on Ryan Palmer. I've got a win bet at 55 to one for a quarter of a unit. And I got a top 20 at plus 240 for a unit. Ryan Palmer had a nice start to the season. Uh, he's come off back-to-back cuts at Pebble Beach and the Genesis. In both instances, he putted poorly. His approach numbers haven't been bad. His off-the-tee numbers haven't been bad. Just poor putting. And I think that this could be a spike week for Ryan Palmer. He's played very well here historically. He's only missed the cut three times in, oh man, I'm bad at doing really fast counting, uh, 12 appearances, if I'm doing that correctly. Uh, guy likes it here. He plays here almost every year. I think this is a good opportunity for him if he can keep some of the form that he had earlier in the year. Find the putter. I think Ryan Palmer could compete. Um, so I'm going to take Ryan Palmer. And again, kind of like the Billy Horschel situation, I think there's a pretty high floor for Ryan Palmer this week. And I think 55 to one is a nice number. Um, he, he is in contention for my one and done pick. I will put it that way. Wow. Okay. And I, uh, I've, I've already used him in my one and done. Wow. So look at you. You can't possibly be cursed this week. <laughs> uh, yes, that's, that's correct. Um, do you have anything else? I have one more pick, but I think we should save it for the end because I think it's inflammatory. So why don't you start oh. with your final pick? Sure. So um, I have to go uh, way down the odds board for my last pick. Uh, Camilla Vijegas sometimes he pops at? up. He sometimes pops up on my card. Not going to lie. I, I like the guy. He's 150 to one this week. I'm not taking a piece of that. Uh, he's just, he's not there anymore, uh, from, from when he was, you know, at the top of his game a decade ago, decade plus ago. But, um, if memory serves, I took him here last year, he finished T eight. It's so funny you mentioned this. Cause you just said you put him on the card. So I went back into the annals of this podcast Valspar championship last year, top 29 to one. And you cashed it. And thank you. So, you all, and you followed up the very next week with a plus 550 at Quill Hollow. You didn't cash that one, but the nine to one on a top 20 for Camilo Vegas is a <laughs> hell of a bet. When I'm feeling Camilo Vegas, I'm feeling feel, Camilo Vegas. Right. So, uh, top 20, four and a half to one. So, half the half the odds is, as uh, I hit last year, but uh, you know, still, still four and a half to one, half a unit, uh, top 20. 
Three of his last six appearances at this tournament resulted in a top 20. He has been making cuts, um, not finishing in the top 20, but, you know, in, oh, nine events played, uh, he's got one, two, three, four top 50s at least. Um, and, and with his tournament history here, I think he's got a, a chance to uh, get in the uh, in the top 20. He's ninth on tour, strokes gained around the, the green uh, this year. And, um, you know, just taking a shot, four and a half to one. Why not? Love it. Um, yeah, I, I'm so happy that we keep the, the history, uh, the historical picks and the fact that, that you took a nine to one and hit that bet back last year in April at the Valspar is, is tremendous. I think they have the, what's theirs like the snake pit or whatever. Yeah. We're at the bear trap. That's the snake pit. Uh, same, yes. same. Yeah. You know, just like such as tough holes. That's really all it boils down to. <laughs> um, all right. I, I mentioned my final pick is, is a bit inflammatory and I'm, I'm super excited to, to get your take on this one. Cause it's, it's out of left field. Um, but any way I cut the stats, I just really like this play. Um, I like it enough that I think, and, and you as a part of the texting group for the one and done know that I, I received quite a bit of heat for my Taylor Gooch pick last week. Um, mm-hmm. This person is also in consideration. And I am certain that if I pick this person, there's not a chance in hell. Anyone on the text thread has taken him for the one and done, but I am seriously looking at Patrick Reed at 60 to one as I'm taking the win bet for a quarter of a unit. And I'm also considering it for one and done and get, let me give you my really quick spiel on why I think Patrick Reed is an interesting play this week. The guy always shows up at tough courses and mucks it up. And this is a muck it up week. This is a 10 under, 11 under, 12 under is going to win. And Patrick Reed plays well. If you look at the Fantasy Golf Insider and you look at difficult courses, he checks in, gains, I think he's a top 10 gainer in terms of, uh, of strokes gained total. He puts well on Bermuda or playing Bermuda. His data golf stats profile like kind of where he ranks in the data golf rankings looks like the millennium force at Cedar point. If you've never been to Cedar point, it's a gigantic roller coaster. And that is what Patrick Reed's game looks like right now, but he's had these dips before and he's popped right back up. Um, This really happened last summer where he stopped playing good golf and he's played awful golf since then he's played this course before he hasn't been here since 2018. Yes. He missed the cut then. And he also missed the cut in 16, but he has had decent finishes here. I just think this is a muck it up week and Patrick Reed has a chance to muck it up, not play great, but play well enough to stay in contention. Um, so I'm going to take Patrick Reed 60 to one for a quarter of a unit. Uh, this feels again, a bit aggressive, but there's a lot of reasons. Every time I slice and dice it, I think he's got a chance to compete. Tell me why uh, I'm wrong. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if you're right or wrong, but just looking at like DraftKings prices for the week and and the odds boards and such, um, I just you know I look like Mito Pereira is basically the same price on DraftKings mm-hmm. as, as Patrick Reed. You've got Brian Harmon who typically hangs around this tournament and has played decent golf. Uh, Johnny Vegas plays this tournament pretty decently. Like those are guys like in that price range I would target before. Uh, Patrick Reed, but hey, man, <laughs> good luck. You know, and it's funny. I, I've also entered the DraftKings lineup this week, and I have Patrick Reed because I expect every other person to to have the thought you have, which is like, why in the hell would I roster Patrick Reed when he's playing so bad? Mm-hmm. It's very possible that he continues on this trend, but I I, I kind of want a piece of this 
at a course where he doesn't have to go 23 under to win. Like I just, it feels like where he's won in the past, he's won when it's been ugly. And, and, and to your point, his stats this year are putrid. Awful dude. He's lost strokes gain approach in like every tournament. He is a, He's 200th in driving distance, 126th in driving accuracy, 182nd in GIR percentage, 179th in scoring. I mean, he's 209th in strokes gained off the tee. I know, man. It's bad. It's bad. But he plays well at tough courses. He, it is, if there was a spot for Patrick Reed to snap out of it, this is it. This is the spot. Okay. I don't believe and you, but okay. I, and he very well may miss the cut. There's, there's a reason why <laughs> it's a quarter of a unit and there is no other play. There's no top 10. There's no top right. 20. This is like boomer bust. And I think there's a boomer bust possibility with him. He's not that bad of a golfer. Like he pisses me off. He's in the same boat of like, if he embraced and shipped off to the Saudi golf league, I'd be so fine with it. Like, cool, yeah. dude. Like that yeah, is where course. you always belonged. Go make your money be there and just be out of my face. I don't need you, but this is a betting podcast and I think there's value here. So I'm taking. It. Okay. Um, that's, that's just right up on. That's, <laughs> that's right. You got it, man. Like I said, I, I do not expect many Patrick Reed bets out there in the, in the DC or in the uh, sort of golf Twitter sphere. I think this is a, this is going to be a bit of a, a left fielder for me. Yeah. Um, that's the card for both of us this week. Any other thoughts or takes? Uh, typically, we do a Ricky Fowler take. Uh, where is Ricky this week on the odds board? Ricky, Ricky, where is Ricky Fowler? I think he's 80 he's, to 1. He's uh, 65 to 1 with, uh, with a slew of golfers. They've made, got uh, made cut Ru- last week. Russell Knox, Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover, Gary Woodland, and Ricky at 65 to 1. Woodland at 65 to 1 is an interesting bet. History mm-hmm. here. He's got yeah. Play well, well, more reason know. to take Gary Woodland at sixty-five to one than there is to take Patrick Reed at sixty to one. Let me tell you that. From a pure stats perspective, like Gary Woodland's playing better golf than Patrick Reed right now. That's then why didn't you take him? Because this is a boomer bust play. I want Patrick Reed at sixty to one because we're not going to get sixty to one numbers on him once he wins this week. Okay, that's fair. Gary Woodland probably isn't going to win this week, and we're going to get 70, 80, 80 to one odds on Gary Woodland. That's fair. All right. Gary Woodland hasn't won in a sh- long ass while. Yeah, man's been he's been gone. But I, I, I just I don't know why. I just want this this piece of Patrick Reed. Okay, there you uh, have it. Ricky, let's Fowler recap it. Made cut or missed cut? Real quick, give it to me. Who? Ricky Fowler. Oh, uh, made, made cut, cut last week. Yeah. yeah, made cut. Plays he plays well. Yeah, yeah, Dude, made cut. Favorite. But I don't think he'll contend. No, no, I agree. Uh, your point, recap the card. I will run mine uh, down first. Burger to win 16 to 1 for a unit. Horschel to win 18 to 1 for a unit. Playing a high floor with him at a top 20, minus 110 for a unit. Mitchell, Keith Mitchell to win 35 to 1, half a unit. Ryan Palmer to win 55 to 1, quarter of a unit. And a high floor for him as well, top 20 plus 240 for a unit. Patrick Reed, 60 to 1 for a quarter of a unit. To win. My picks, Sung M. The favorite, 10 to 1, half a unit on the win, plus 140 to top 10. Uh, full unit on that. Billy Horschel, uh, you and I are both on the top 20 there at minus 110 for a unit. Mito Pereira, Joaquin's good friend, uh, 40 to 1, half a unit on the win bet, 
and uh, full unit on a top 20 at plus 170. Christian Bezadenhout, top 20, plus 190 for half a unit. And then my guy, Camilo Vijegas, top 20, four and a half to one for half a unit. That's the card. Hopefully we get some, some putts in here. That's right. Yeah, we are, uh, we're looking forward to breaking out of a little bit of a podcast rut. Uh, lots of options on the card this week. Only one crossover with Billy Ho. Uh, that'll do it for the Honda Classic. As we mentioned, we're in the Florida swing, so we will be back here next week to break down the next Florida tournament. Enjoy the golf this weekend. No matter what, it will be entertaining. doesn't matter who is the top leaderboard. This is a tournament with the finishing holes where there will be some fireworks. We look forward to breaking it down and seeing you next week on the Walking In Podcast.